plating <laughs> That's not the slating noise I wanted. <laughs> I hate you. Okay. So welcome. <laughs> this is 2K Away, a spooky sister podcast. Um, I'm Paige. That's no <laughs> Peyton. You're Peyton. I'm Paige. I don't know why I even did that. Okay, so I'm Peyton. That's Paige. This is 2K away. It's that name because we're 2,000 miles away from each other. And currently, I am in my bathroom recording. So don't be alarmed if it's echoey. That will change soon. I promise I'm moving next month. So it will be um, better. Um, If you hear any noises like... I'm sitting on my toilet. Um, I swear. Not I'm, going to the bathroom. I'm not using it, yes, but I am on the toilet. <laughs> um, okay, so our first episode, we're going to be talking. Basically, we wanted to start a podcast so we can talk about creepy shit that we love. Yeah. Essentially. So we're going to be talking about murders, paranormal, uh, aliens conspiracy theories all the good stuff all the fun stuff yes the fun stuff in life so our first episode is going to be a two-parter actually yes is going to be a two-parter we are going to be talking about the unsolved murders of the sequinic family um specifically john and joanna sequinic it's a little something kind of from our hometown area from panama illinois and we thought that would be a nice like jump start like get into this word, is that the word i'm looking for i don't know but um sure yeah sounds good so Paige is going to be mainly doing the storytelling i guess because you were conveniently there and able to get documents <laughs> yes and when you look this up on the internet nothing comes up literally nothing <laughs> literally nothing you can be like nothing. oh sequinic murder panama illinois it'll be like Panama, Illinois, Wikipedia, and that's it. Right. And there's not even much on the Wikipedia Panama page. No, there is not. That's where I got all my research, (laughs) which you did too. I sure did. Well, kind of. I I have another book, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you at least had a little bit more materials than I did. A little bit. I did not. I had no materials i had the wikipedia page but that is next to no materials correct so Paige is actually going to be um going through the first two episodes and we're gonna we're gonna like like back and forth we'll go back and forth yes so you'll definitely comment on some things because there are some things that you haven't heard yet yes and i am excited and my episode you're not gonna know what it is and i'm excited about that so that's actually good that should be really good actually Mm -hmm. we should not really tell each other much about what's happening with the next one yes and i already told you that but since you don't listen to me (laughs) i'm pretty sure this is the first i'm hearing about it no it's definitely (laughs) no (laughs) like i say because you don't listen to me but anyway so let's just dive right in I don't know why why i said it like let's just dive right in i don't know why i said it like that um, You're so oh, excited. Yeah. Also, we do have a Facebook. It's 2K Away Podcast, right? Or 2K Away. I don't know. You're in charge of the Facebook. 
2K I'm away. in charge. Yes, I'm in charge of the Instagram. We have an Instagram and it is at 2KOA podcast. If you'd like to give us a follow or suggest something. Oh, we would love cool. some suggestions. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, if it's because let's face it, most people that are going to be listening to this is mm, where you're at. <laughs> so if you want to suggest something from our hometown area, Paige does it. Paige is going to do the research. I can do that one. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so let's dive right in. All right. Go ahead. Uh, we will we'll go ahead and start out with a little tiny history of Panama. Don't want to get too far into it because, again, <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't tell you much. <laughs> right. We're going back to 1951 because that's actually when the murders happened. So prior to that, um, Panama was a little mine town. It's kind of where um, a lot of people came to Panama because of the coal mine. So a lot of the immigrants were European, uh, Italians, um, Czechoslovakians, Hungarians, Hungarians, Austrians, you know, a lot of them were coming to Panama um, from overseas. So there was a lot of of Eastern Europeans, right? Definitely Eastern. Yeah. So a a company out of Chicago, a a coal mine company, Shoal Creek Coal Company, actually, Mm -hmm. um, started uh, the mine in 1905, but they didn't finish um, the shaft until the following year. So 1906 is when they actually started bringing up coal. Mm -hmm. So it was a little up and coming town because of coal mine. So yes. in 1910, the population was about 708 people, mm-hmm. which is nuts to think about now. It's so funny. Right. It's like what? A hundred people? Uh, well, it's bigger than Donaldson. Donaldson. Okay. I... Sorry. 103 people. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> With approximately five bars, maybe. <laughs> hey hey that might be an exaggeration it's a dry climate they're real thirsty (laughs) (laughs) right it's not dry at all so um uh yeah so 708 people in 1910 but by 1920 it had gone up to 1281 people yeah, that's I, I how that it was like a, it's like a 40% rise actually. That's, and that's, I saw, yeah. well, that's the, been its highest population. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed. So, um, that's how many people were coming to work in the coal mine. So its highest recorded population was 1,281 people. And that was in 1920 mm-hmm. prior to that though. Um, so the mine had only been going for about 10 years when, which actually, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty good that it was 10 years in is when they had a bad explosion in the mine. Mm-hmm. It's not, it didn't happen like right when it first started, but I mean, obviously you Which, don't want that. Right. But I think, I think especially back then though, they don't, they didn't have like the technology that we did now to make it safer. So Correct. actually 10 years in without a big accident like that happening i think is actually pretty good pretty good (laughs) so now that is not downplaying what happened though because i mean it was a pretty big explosion and there were a total of 11 people that were killed um in the mine so that that kind of that that hurt a little bit so that happened in 1915 there was one notable person um that had uh, made a start in panama kind of um his name was john l lewis he was a nationally known union organizer and he worked in the coal mine for a short time. So that's kind of where he got his start. 
Yes. Oh, and the reason that we are mentioning the coal mine is because one of the victims, John Sequinic, he actually worked in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. pretty pretty early on, I believe, right? He worked there many years. Uh, yes. I don't know that he... He may have worked there um, until it closed, but I don't think he worked there until it, until it closed. But... Hold on, say that one more time, because that just made no sense. I said, I don't think he worked there until it closed. But I think he worked there till it closed, is what I said. <laughs> oh, I meant, uh, but I don't think, but I think he worked there, but just not until it closed, is Got what I you. meant to say. Okay, now we're on the same page. Perfect. <laughs> the coal mine um, did eventually close in 1933. So it had a good run, honestly. Um, that's kind of when the town's population started dwindling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because by 1950, the population dropped by over half to 520 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was even more people in there in Panama in 1910 than there was in 1950. Right. It's just been a downward spiral from there. Uh-huh. The other thing that Panama, um, and this could be just a small town thing, it kind of had some heated elections. Um, But again, that could just because it's a small town and everybody knows your business and some nasty things can be said. So um, after the elections, some bitterness tended to stay, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I've got leading up to the sequinics. Yes. So during this time, sorry, there was a couple. Sorry if you just heard that toilet squeak. I swear, <laughs> I'm not moving. <laughs> I didn't, if that makes you feel any better. That does make me feel better. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So um, during this time, there was a couple by the name of John and Joanna Serquinic. And I believe that is the correct way to say it. It is spelled C-E-R-K-V-E-N-I-C-K. So at first I'm like, Serquinic? No believe it is sequinic yeah a little background on the two of them john was born in 1881 Mm -hmm. he was born in austria so that's where he came from he came to america in 1907 at the age austrian austria uh so he came to america in 1907 at the age of 26 joanna was born in 1892 uh and she was born in yugoslavia and she came to America at in um, 1914 uh, when she was 22. I really don't know when they got married. I don't know where they were before yeah. Panama. Don't really know, have a lot of background. Yeah, unfortunately, because this is not only an old case, but from, well, our area, which is in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's not really a, a ton to go off from there really so we don't really know much backstory we would love to give them more credit and let them in this spotlight a little bit more but unfortunately we just don't have that information so i mean if anybody would love to give us a little bit more information oh yeah most definitely once yeah this airs and you you know you have some information that you'd love to give us you can private message yeah. us put it on facebook yeah, um i don't even know how many kids that like or i mean we knew how many kids they had but we don't even know anything about their grandchildren or right Maybe where they are today, who knows? Not sure when they were married, but they did end up having five kids total. They had one boy and then four girls. By 1941, all of the kids were married, out of the house, 
and they were all living in uh, Chicago. John and Joanna stayed in Panama. So they ended up having the only milk business in Panama, which is kind of precious because, you know, that's when they would milk the cows, bring the glass bottles, set them on your porch, Mm -hmm. take the old glass bottles, you know, the whole thing. So um, they had actually, and I found out that it was classic mailman stuff. (laughs) Classic. Mm -hmm. So uh, it had been operating for like 30 years. So they had been, they'd been in Panama for, for quite a while. Yeah. So that's why I'm almost wondering if he hadn't worked until the coal mine closed because they'd been doing the milk business for like something like 30 years. Mm -hmm. So they lived just outside of town near the old mine shaft. So that's also where the the coal mine talk comes into play. We're thinking it says their, their property was just inside the Montgomery County line because Panama split between Montgomery and Bond County. Mm -hmm. Their house was actually on the Montgomery County line. So the way our grandma explained it is Yes, shout out to Mama. Woo. So she said uh, when you're going into Panama um, on Panama Donaldson Road Mm -hmm. before you get into town. So down by where the ball fields were um, that cows ended up. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, Down where the old ball fields were down in that area, kind of like in the little valley type of deal. That's where she had explained where, where their house was. That's kind of what I'm picturing in my head. And even though we have not got a chance to go booty cruising, me and Mama, we still plan to. So I'm hoping to maybe, I don't know, hopefully by the time maybe this airs, (laughs) um, we'll, I'll have some pictures of the area of obviously, because obviously the houses are not there anymore, but hopefully have some pictures of the area to be able to kind of give you a, a little roundabout of where it is, mm-hmm. where it was. Yeah. So they got up every morning at 4 a.m. Disgusting. <laughs> 4 a.m. to milk their cows. I've never even been to that country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just crazy talk to me. Right. So they got up at 4 a.m. every morning to milk their cows. They had eight cows total. And then they were delivering milk around dawn every morning. And it was like clockwork. They, everyone was saying they are so reliable and you can set the clocks to them because they just, every single morning they did this. Mm-hmm. So, um, and honestly, everybody around town, just, they were great people, apparently. Yeah. They said they were like, they were quiet. They kept themselves, but they were very yeah. nice, very personable. Very nice. Person. Very respected yeah. around town. But it was also rumored around town that they were pretty wealthy mm-hmm. and they didn't use a bank. They kept all their cash around the house and supposedly they had some old money buried somewhere around their house. Yes. So this leads us to November 17th, 1951. Uh, Mrs. Mary Cudlock, I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. Well, she got up. You tried, so. I tried. I believe it's Cudlack. K-U-D-L-A-K. Cudlack. 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 She got up early that morning um, to get her milk off of her porch, um, but she found that her empty bottles bottles were still there. And this wasn't like, (laughs) (laughs) they were still there. So uh, she thought it was strange because they should have 
you know, already delivered her milk. Mm -hmm. Um, so she went across the street to her next door neighbor, asked her, um, and she said, nope, her milk hasn't been delivered either. So thought it was weird because again, they're always very prompt with the milk delivery. So she thought maybe, maybe the truck broke down. Maybe one of them was sick, you know, one of those scenarios. Uh, but by 10 o'clock, she was worried that something was wrong. And then she went down to their house to check on them. When she got to the house, she knocked on the door, but didn't get an answer and thought she had smelled like gas or, or like furnace fumes or um, smoke or something like that. Cause it was a pretty strong odor. Right. Uh, she went around to the basement um, and was yelling for them, but still they didn't answer. So she went home and called her daughter who lived in Hillsborough at the time and was apparently married to the undertaker in Hillsborough. He answered, she explained what was going on. And he said, we'll call the sheriff. I'm going to go to the firehouse to get some masks. And then he got the ambulance and he called the sheriff and then made his way to Panama. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking around 11 ish, maybe is by the time that most of the emergency personnel had gotten to Panama. Cause again, there was no cell phones around this time for right. easy so access. Someone, yeah. Someone so had, had to get to, to a phone, run home. Uh huh. get to a phone hopefully they're home so you can talk to them so among the emergency personnel that was there um was the undertaker f harley carroll was who was mrs cudlock's um Mm son-in-law so he had the ambulance sheriff jack marley fun fact our great-grandpa francis overball who you'll hear about later um he lost yeah we're gonna name drop oh yeah we're gonna do a lot of name dropping (laughs) so um pa hap as we so lovingly called him Mm -hmm. um he lost share uh the sheriff election to jack marley back there undertaker f harley carroll sheriff jack marley circuit clerk joe williams which is hilarious to me because working in the circuit clerk's office knowing that the circuit clerk (laughs) showed up on the murder scene right right <laughs> because i mean so next murder clerk, so next murder you have to go to <laughs> i'm like hey listen i'm on the way right here i am i'm bringing I, the ambulance i am here i am here to investigate <laughs> let's get this done right uh chief deputy al hansko Hanisco, I apologize. Village trustee and volunteer fire chief, John Savant. Uh, members of the volunteer fire department and the state's attorney, Otto Funk. Which again, it's just funny. Some of the people that would actually right. go. Right. And of the course, they were all helping look. You know, it's just funny. Right. So coroner Jesse Boyd also um, ended up joining a little bit later. But he hadn't been able to get there just yet. But he, he did join not much longer after all of them showed up. Um, so they ended up having to break down the door um, because the front door was locked, which very unusual at the time, because first of all, not many people lock their doors. Second of all, it's Panama with mm-hmm. a population of 500 people. Right. You just didn't lock your doors or your windows at the time. No. But like all of the windows were closed and locked. The front door was locked. And I, I think the basement door was actually the basement door may not have been locked, actually. But they did break down the front door. So when they got in, house was full of smoke. 
Uh, so they get and realize that the um, source of the smoke was actually the bedroom, but they didn't, they hadn't seen any active flames um, anywhere in the house, but they realized that there was some sort of flames, like something smoldering in the, in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. So they get back there again, all the windows were closed. So really the fire didn't burn much of anything other than in the bedroom. Um, because I mean, with all everything closed up, it just sucked all the air out of the room and ju- it just died. Right. It had no oxygen to none whatsoever. Yeah. So they get into the bedroom and immediately they see John's body on the floor. So how he's positioned, he is, they had two double beds in the bedroom and he was laying in between the beds with his head on his back, head towards the door. So he, he, they noticed that he was still in his pajamas but it looked like he was trying to, were like trying to hurriedly put on pants. Like mm-hmm. maybe somebody had got to the door yeah, so he, or. He had, he had pajamas on top and then like pants on the bottom. He was over his, he was trying to put them on over his pajamas actually. Yeah, so they weren't actually like buttoned or anything. No. So, um, so he wasn't, he wasn't really, he, he was burned, uh, but not so badly that it was beyond recognition. So he just basically was, his skin was all yellowed. By the way, just a little heads up. It's gonna have some um, interesting, what am I trying to say? This is gonna be, it's not gonna be gory, but it's also not gonna be fluffy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. So anyone, anyone that listens to the, when, we, when we're gonna talk about like murders and serial killers and stuff, I want to do all the details. I want to. Oh yeah. You're going to get the details. I'm going to discuss details. And we're also going, we're going to do a little, um, Hey, just a warning. It's about to get real rough. Yeah. 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 A little rough. So, so So, just a heads up. Yeah. A little warning. So go ahead. It's about to get a little little rough. So, um, again, he was burned, but not so bad that they didn't know who he was, but look, but looking at him a little bit further, Um, They noticed that he had a lump on his forehead and then they realized he was shot, Mm -hmm. uh, shot in the chest. Um, Also beside him was a bloodstained cloth. Not really much went into that, but it was noted that there was a cloth with blood on it. They didn't find anything in his pockets. He didn't have his wallet because normally he always kept his wallet in his regular pants, which he was trying to put on, Mm -hmm. but nothing was in his pockets. Then they, they they realized that the bed on the left-hand side, so when you walk into the bedroom, the left-hand bed, that one was still smoldering. So they had to, they had to put out, not flames, but it was, it was still doing something. Right. They opened the windows to try to start airing everything out. And then they realized that's when they found Joanna. So they found charred remains in the bed that they had just put out. Uh, realized it was her so what happened was she had been wrapped in a blanket of sorts yeah I think I think like one one source said mattress and then another source said that she yeah blanket. blanket I think it's more likely that she was wrapped in like just maybe like a thick like quilt a thick or blanket of that nature yeah yeah which sometimes the mattresses back then though were super thin I, it could have been but I think it's more likely that it was it's, a blanket it's probably just a blanket yeah yeah so uh she was wrapped in it and it was wrapped around her head as well and they noticed it was 
still partially wrapped around her head because the problem was pretty much there wasn't much left of her. Uh, yeah. She was so badly burned. So the it, there was little left of the body, but it was said that all that remained of her lower body was a charred shin bone and attached to it was a burn slipper. So kind of her head and her shin was what was left. Mm-hmm. So they found, eventually they did find some buttons when they kind of went through some of the ash on the bed, found buttons on the bed, which led them to believe that she was actually dressed at the time of the murders. So he had been in his pajamas trying to hurriedly get dressed. She was already dressed is what they were thinking. Mm. They also found some blood on the wall above the bed. So due to the position of the bodies and the blood and everything, the sheriff actually believed that they were killed in a different position than when where they found them so i don't know if they thought they were killed maybe in a different part of the house different part of the bedroom either way they think that the bodies were moved Mm post-mortem so sheriff marley and deputy hannah ghost they started searching the house the rest of the house had some smoke damage but they did notice that it, it looked like it had been ransacked some drawers were open or when they opened drawers or cabinets, it it was not neat and tidy like it should have been. They did try to get some fingerprints, but there was so much smoke damage. I mean, that was impossible to do. At this time, as it does in a small town, word had spread that something was going on with the clinics. So a crowd had definitely formed by the time they start looking for clues after they had found the bodies. Neighbors had said that they knew the milking business money was in a jar in the kitchen. When they looked, they found it, but the jar was empty. Um, a neighbor had said that they knew that Joanna had kept her money because the the John and Joanna had actually, they kept their money separate. It was kind of like a dollar for you, dollar for me type of deal. Um, but they did have a separate jar for the milking business. So one of the neighbors said that they knew that Joanna had kept um, her money in a black uh, suede purse um, and she kept and they thought they had she had kept it in their bedroom so they searched the bedroom again and they they just didn't find it they knew that John had been shot and they wanted to get an autopsy to see if the bullet was still in him or mm-hmm. if it had passed through because they weren't I mean he was burned and they they really couldn't tell right so um, they had went out to the barn next. Uh, the cows were very restless. It showed that they weren't, they hadn't been milked that morning. So because of this, um, the sheriff was thinking that the murders definitely happened before five, at least 5 a.m. Because, well, they had gotten up every morning at four, got up and, and milked their cows. A woman in the crowd had said, told the sheriff that she'd seen a cream colored car about 500 yards away from the crime scene, which she didn't see um, who was driving, but it was near the old mine road, which I'm not exactly sure where that is. I don't know if it's a road that's still still around or not, but it was near the old mine road, about 500 yards from the scene. Right. So she didn't really see who was driving. And I guess there was a couple people that had actually seen this, but this woman had said that she didn't know who was driving and she didn't recognize the car. Mm-hmm. Which, again, small town, you kind of know all the cars. Right. 
Um, but she said it definitely wasn't from somebody who lived in Panama. So the sheriff had called the State Bureau of Investigation in Springfield, mm-hmm. called Superintendent James Christensen, um, and he headed down with the mobile crime lab. And at this time is when the Sequinic children was notified and they started down from Chicago, right. which would be just awful to learn. And then have to drive. <laughs> yeah five six hours five or six hours i would imagine from chicago by then Mm. or they could have taken the train but i mean who knows either way so they were able to get john john's body out and to um the medical examiner Mm. so the medical examiner did say that the um, bump on his head the blow to his head it would not have been life-threatening it could have just been from him falling or they weren't exactly sure. But when he examined the bullet wound, it said, and I'm going to quote what he said. It said, the bullet entered the lower chest wall going through the left shoulder. It punctured the esophagus and caused profuse bleeding from the mouth. So... I really wish that I could have actually found the autopsy report, but unfortunately the case files normally uh, at this time probably didn't um, have all the, you know, the fun stuff in it. <laughs> right. And I, I doubt we'd even be able to find those at all. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know about that. So, so it makes me think it says enter the lower chest wall going through the left shoulder. So I'm thinking it was kind of a, I don't know if it was like left shoulder as in straight out, like the basically left arm or left shoulder as in like up or not sure. Yeah. Or his back. I don't know. Right. So not exactly sure, but either way, whoever shot him was on his right hand side, basically. Right. Yeah. Because then it had to be a, a good angle because it tore through his esophagus so right. right i mean it yeah it had to have been at a at a really Someone steep angle was, yeah like maybe he was trying to turn as he shot i don't know either way it was kind of a strange path it seemed but either way bullet completely passed through and it was not left so the doctor said he did what he could with Joanna, but there wasn't enough left to determine a cause of death. So Joanna still to this day does not have a cause of death, unfortunately. There was no evidence of any type of cranial wounds at all. So that couldn't have been, you know, any kind of cause of death. There was nothing wrong with her head, basically, is what all the only thing that they could examine was her head, because that was pretty much all that was left. So they speculated she possibly either maybe could have been shot in the lower part of her body and maybe that could have killed her or they also had the possibility of being burned alive. Um, Not sure. Ultimately, still, cause of death is unknown. Yeah. So Sheriff was very determined to find a bullet. So they went back and started searching again. They started in the bedroom, but they didn't find anything. So they went into the living room. Um, They found two shell casings and they had rolled under a chair and they appeared to be from a 32 caliber bullet in the corner of the room beside a trunk that stood near the bedroom door 
they found a slug that fit in one of those casings. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense if the bodies were moved post-mortem because they found that slug near the bedroom door, basically. So it could have been that maybe John was in his bedroom, heard a commotion out in his house, and was trying to hurry up and put some pants on, exited his bedroom, and was immediately shot. Maybe it could have been that way, too. Wait, the trunk was yep. by the door by the, on the outside of the bedroom? On the outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. Okay, because yep. I'm like, wait, because I... I'm so sorry. For the longest time, I thought that it was like on the inside of the bedroom. So I'm like, so someone shot him inside the bedroom. No. Who? What? Okay. 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 No. Okay. That makes way more. I was just like, hold up, Paige. Remember all the theories we were discussing? I think that's one of them. No. Okay. 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 The Continue. slug was found on the outside of the bedroom. Okay. So near then, the door, so though. That makes me near the door to the bedroom. No, no, no. I know. So that. So that makes me think, so now that, um, so now that we've, um, established where the trunk <laughs> is and where they found the, the bullet. So then the blood above the bed must've been from John. Well, it depends on, it depends on how closely that wall was to the. Right. Cause I mean, like that's, that's just kind of my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Continue. So anyway, um, so they found they so far they've only found the two shell casings and the one slug. So this time they've, they'd only found the two shell casings and the slug. So they were turning over the rest of the house. They looked in the walls and the ceilings to maybe see if there was something wedged in either the walls or the ceiling. Didn't find anything. Mm -hmm. So the slug and the casings were turned over to investigators, William Abernathy and Chick Brannon. And because they they had arrived with Superintendent James Christensen from the um, Illinois B of I, which is Bureau of Investigation. That's how I will refer to it as the B of I. Okay. I'm sorry. You said superintendent. No, it was like the school superintendent. The school superintendent. Yeah. Everybody he's, showed he's up. There with the, he's there with the circuit clerk. Yeah. And the attorney. Right. Exactly. So the slug was approximately 32 caliber and steel jacketed, possibly yeah. a foreign make. So they speculated it could have been from a Walter, which was made in Germany, or a Browning, which was made in Belgium. Both were favorites of Nazi officers during World War II. Fun fact. Fun. Nazis. But both guns were also sold in the U.S. They also could have been brought home from, the, from World War II as souvenirs. Yes. So they also noted that the bullets, uh, they could have been fired from most American-made 32 caliber pistols as well so they really had no idea they just knew it was a 32 Uh so by this time the mayor anton novak i believe is how you say it i'm going to say novak that's what we're assuming by this time the mayor um, of panama anton novak had arrived and he was assisting the fire chief and other village officials in searching for clues as you did what time is this um i i'm i'm thinking it's like afternoonish by this it's, time yeah it's it, definitely it's definitely been a few definitely hours. been a few hours since everybody had gotten there and the crowd had formed i'm really thinking it's like afternoon and not like early yes. afternoon but he started helping searching for clues as you did because everybody searched for clues back then yeah it was thought that the killer had exited through the basement door because you know he had locked all the windows 
the front door was also bolted. So they're thinking that the front door is bolted maybe to keep people out if in case something was heard. And then he went out the basement door. So Sheriff Marley, yes? Yeah, you, you said the basement I think door it was. was unlocked. Though, I, I right? believe I read that it was. There? Okay, because I know you... Yeah, because I know you said, oh, they're all no, the doors I think the basement locked. door was I unlocked. And I, I think I said that <laughs> if you were listening to me. <laughs> I was. And you incorrect. Did say that. So, so uh, Sheriff Marley and Deputy Hanisco, they went out through the basement um, to see if they could find anything. Um, there was a mm-hmm. ton of footprints, though, at the back basement door. So they didn't really see much around there, but they ended up seeing a really faint set of footprints, single footprints too, nothing that's a ton of people that was leading away from the house and towards a fence that had separated the sequinic property from an empty field. So basically from what I'm understanding is the sequinic property had a decent set of amount of land because well, they had eight cows. Um, then they, there was a fence basically mm-hmm. that ended their property and then there was an empty field behind their house and then on the other side of that was mayor novak's house so it was kind of this field that separated which also mayor novak's house was in bond county so that's how close the um, county lines were between these houses so there was an abandoned well also over on the other side of mayor novak's house as well they followed the footprints to the fence and they looked and saw that the fence the top of the fence had been kind of scuffed like somebody had walked or climbed over the fence or just simply walked over the fence they just really talented that way right of course it's just a stride (laughs) the footprints had started again on the other side of the fence uh leaning kind of towards the field but possibly like towards town um but then they ended up losing the footprints it was uh, too faint to follow the um springfield clue clue good lord crew also said yeah they were not the footprints were not deep enough to make casts of them so they weren't able to do that but they ended up the b of i in springfield took joanna's head because again that was really all that was left of it and they took her ashes that they were able to get off the bed and the blanket took all of that back to springfield for any for analysis to see if there was any kind of accelerant on the blanket by the evening is when the sequinic children arrived they told the investigators that their parents didn't have as much money as was rumored and i'm pretty sure that they had eventually said that they um that they didn't know that if they had any money buried i'm pretty sure they were trying to quash that rumor the places that they knew where money was though they said the jar in the kitchen which again was empty and their mother's black suede purse which they said that they, she did keep it in the bedroom, but she kept it in between her mattresses on her bed. So Joanna's bed was the different, the other bed in the bedroom that was not burned. So she was actually burned on John's bed. So when they got into the bedroom, looked between the mattresses, what was left there was one of their house slippers. Black suede purse was gone. So basically the killer was just being a real dick, it seems like. Either that, either he's yes. being a dick and being like, I got the money, or he was freaking out and was like, what can I put in here to make it look like there's something still there and they won't suspect anything? Well, yeah, because we know um, the supposed killer, 
is quite a bit of a narcissist, I'm sure it was, ha ha. Right. No one will ever catch And me. just kind of a, just kind that of jab at whoever found him. Yeah. Which is a real dick move. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They told um, investigators also that their father was never without his wallet. He always had his wallet on him and that that's where um, his money was. Yeah. But again, his pockets were empty. They searched everywhere in the house. They could not find the wallet. What was weird was they ended up finding it in the basement. It was up on a stringer, it said, uh, where I read, above the joists in the basement. So it was like way up in the uh, rafters of the basement and like strung up there somehow. Thank you for clarifying that because I had no idea what the hell those words were. Are you being serious or are you being very sarcastic? Uh, no, I knew what you didn't know what a joist was, but (laughs) nope. (laughs) Thought we taught you better. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, that's on you. (laughs) So they they found it. Um, so again, it was up on the ceiling of the basement. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It still had four hundred and seventy-two dollars in it. So not sure how it got there. Obviously, the killer didn't find it. Not sure why John put it there. The yeah. kids were also confused. They didn't know why it was there. But that's where they found it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, even if... I don't... I, I honestly, like, I can think of a million scenarios where I'm like, oh, this possibly could have been the reason. But at the same time, it's like... No, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And especially... I mean, especially if like, oh, I just didn't have my wallet on me at that time. I never put my wallet on my ceiling <laughs> when I don't have it. So it's I definitely like, couldn't I don't, put my wallet right, on my ceiling. No, I don't really keep it up there for safekeeping. <laughs> so no, no, not not a place I would think. Yeah, no. Okay. Um. So the kids were asked about valuables in the house. If there was anything else that they thought to look for that might have been missing but really they said every the only things that were missing was their mother's purse and the money in the in the jar in the kitchen so they uh they knew that there was quite a bit of money in their mother's purse but they didn't have an exact amount but they they thought several hundred dollars right so they that's kind of where they stopped that night and this was what day was this i believe it was friday when this happened so then um saturday oh no i have it here sunday so saturday is when the bodies were found uh-huh. <laughs> so then that night it, that's kind of where they ended after looking and talking to the to the sequinic children mm-hmm. so the investigation continued very early the next day which was sunday they were very adamant about finding the murder weapon because obviously still haven't found it yet There were dozens of gun owners in Panama, because of course there were, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them had that same caliber weapon that was used um, in the murders. So a lot, almost all of them, I would imagine, were sent up to Springfield for the ballistic tests, and the owners of the guns were sent in for questioning and set up for lie detector tests. Lie detector tests are a big thing at this point in time. Yes. And set to be like the truth. Right. Exactly. So. Even though we all know they're 
kind of bullshit. Very much but, not. Yeah. It, anyway. It, it more like, it more, it it measures your stress levels. Right. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what it, that's what it does, essentially. Right. So if you're stressed, you're, you're lying. <laughs> so. Which I, I, I was, side note, um, heard a little bit about lie detector tests that um, even the people who were telling the truth could be thought to be lying because yeah. of their stress levels because they were so stressed about having to take it and all this crap hooked up to them and it's just a stressful situation yeah and sometimes they thought were thought to be lying as well even though they were telling the truth i mean yeah i think i'd be nervous too yeah like i'm in a police station getting questioned for a crime that i didn't commit so of course i'm <laughs> like i gotta i gotta make sure i look innocent <laughs> right <laughs> and like the the um uh basic to like the first questions that they ask you as like a baseline yeah like baseline is questions. your uh-huh. is your name Paige farmer <laughs> i don't know is it is that my name i don't know I'd be like just just like when i when i announced hi i'm Paige. wait wait hold on a second that doesn't seem right i think let me do the math i don't think that's right <laughs> doesn't sound right no so anyway back to looking for the murder weapon yes so all the guns that were sent to Springfield were all cleared. They were not, none of them were the murder weapons. Yes. All the people who owned the guns, they were all released. They were not the murderers. They ended up being very unsuccessful on that Sunday in their search for the murder weapon. Come Monday. Wow. Come Monday. That's what I meant to say. So by Monday, that's when the funeral was for John and Joanna. Um, the five Sequinic children were present and the pallbearers were all friends and neighbors, old co-workers and including Mayor Anton Novak. He was one of the pallbearers as well. Including Mayor Novak. Mayor Novak. Mayor Novak. <laughs> okay. The investigation continued. It was said that the couple possibly was going to buy a TV. It was a, kind of a whole thing about this TV purchase. Basically, turns out the um it was supposed to be delivered on that saturday because mm-hmm. they thought it was already purchased it was supposed to be delivered that day nothing happened sheriff called all kinds of tv places around um the area litchfield hillsborough greenville everywhere nobody said that they had purchased anything so they were thinking they were just going to and they just hadn't mm-hmm. so they looked up they looked into um the car that was found or seen on scene and they really didn't get much out of that either they were calling all kinds of different uh, mechanics uh, again around the area and nobody came up with anything yeah. uh really didn't amount to anything yeah because i think i think those two leads are like with the tv repairman because there was a lot of there was a lot to that for some reason and so it, much to that yeah, and it ended up just being it was unnecessary right and then of course like the cream colored car that's apparently we seen twice correct well, it was seen by a couple different people. Okay. And I mean, that too also ended up being... We will actually get a little bit more into the cream-colored car Oh, in episode two. Oh. So I'm just going to leave you in suspense for that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. A little juicy thing there. Leave you titillated. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing was really happening at this point. They kind of hit a dead end mm-hmm. kind of early on. Mm. Um, there was lots of phone tips coming in 
so many phone tips to where to the point where Sheriff Marley was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be talking to every single person in Panama by the time this is all over, which is not that many because it was only like 500 people. Yeah, but still an investigation. Still, it's a lot of people. That's a lot. So people of Panama were terrified because nothing was happening they didn't know who it was there was rumors flying everywhere yeah naturally everybody was locking their doors now everybody was locking the doors which again Mm -hmm. never happened pan panamese Mm -hmm. families that lived in panama so so panamese (laughs) panamese Families who had lived in Panama since the coal mine had opened, uh, they were picking up and moving. They were like, hmm, screw this. We're out. Mm-hmm. We don't need this in our lives. But Mayor Novak, man, he was really assuring people, reassuring people that killers can be found, brought to justice, where we got this, calm down. It's all good. What a, what it's a guy. great. Yeah, what, what a, a guy. What, what a good what, guy. What a swell dude. Right? Man, right? he what was just reassuring everybody. Pillar. Pillar of the community. Pillar, yes. So the, ho- the holidays were very quickly approaching, as they do, as they are now, which is stupid. Oh, they already have Christmas trees out at Michael's, by the I way. I know, I know. Walmart's oh, yeah. all about the Christmas stuff right now. It pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so the investigators, they were running down lead after lead. They were bringing so many people in for questioning and lie detector tests because, of course, we had to do that. Mm-hmm. Nothing was amount, none, nothing amounted from anything. So after the new year, phones seemed to pick up with some intensity. People were remaining anonymous and giving some interesting clues. There was one name that seemed to crop up a lot in these phone calls, and that was one of Mayor Anton Novak. Piece of garbage. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave it for episode one, because then we're going to get into some real fun stuff. That's that's where you want to end it that's where i want to end it because god this goes i know this goes into uh we're gonna get into some fun stuff (laughs) with mr novak here (laughs) because that's pretty much the the beginning of everything yeah the rest is all um all when they started to look into mr novak here How long is episode two going to be? I'm like, there's so much more to go over. I know. And you're a stutter. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if that offended anyone, but you kind of run yourself over. Way to go. Your brain goes, but then your mouth doesn't. So you're like, (laughs) families. Pamelies. So yeah, okay. So apparently that's episode one. <laughs> I hate you. Okay. So so that concludes episode one, I guess. And well, if there's anything you'd like to add to that, if, if there's some things that you could that you thought of. I mean, no, <laughs> because my research has 
was just about Panama and you pretty much got everything that I <laughs> had to say because I had no research really. <laughs> Mine was the Wikipedia page on Panama and from what Mama told us. <laughs> there, there was my research. So nice. um, yeah, I really don't have anything to add um, except I don't know. I was going to be like, oh, I guess we probably, we don't really want to slander people, but I don't care. I don't give a shit about that guy. So yeah, so we're going to be, we're going to be saying some not nice things. Yeah, no, we're, um, yeah, not very nice things. No, um, nothing about nice him. That dude. Nope. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, okay. um, fine. getting into some yeah. of his stuff. Yeah, that's fine. He's dead now obviously <laughs> or i'm assuming i don't know <laughs> i mean he was 60 years old in 1950 um you one. never know you're you're correct you you just never know hey we've made a lot of medical strides <laughs> i don't know all right i'm not a i'm not a science person <laughs> no mm-hmm. no not even um a little bit so um nope. Okay, so I guess that concludes episode one. Just gonna leave you in suspense here. Yeah, leave leave us in suspense, and apparently next episode's gonna be like three hours long. What? <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm gonna no! try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, um, so hopefully our setups will be a little bit better next time. Um, we'll see. I mean, I mean, not next, uh, not episode two, because well we're yeah. doing that now so so fun fact we're gonna be recording episode two the same day it just gives me two extra weeks to um edit so because you're probably gonna need that to edit episode two because there's a lot more in episode two Damn it. <laughs> so you got your work cut out for you i know and next and episode three is gonna be my episode mm-hmm it's gonna be it's gonna be all about me <laughs> all about you all right i'm not i'm not doing a topic i'm just gonna be talking about myself <laughs> like, well yeah. i mean we are we, this is a podcast about creepy things so it would so make it, sense <laughs> exactly it's all about me i'm uh-huh. super creepy <laughs> so creepy <laughs> uh so yeah so um, if you want to uh, give us a like on Facebook at whatever. Um, 2KOA. There we go. And if you want to give us a follow on Instagram, um, it's at 2KOA podcast. I haven't decided if we're going to make an email yet because why bother uh, right now? So We're just recording episode one. So right. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Our episodes will come out every Tuesday. Our first one will be out on October 13th. Hopefully you're listening to it on the release date. I don't know your schedule. Second episode will be up the following week. I guess we'll see you in the next one. We'll see ya. Bye-bye. Bye.